Guys, this episode of the Foobies Ketchup has a beautiful sponsor, and their names are Dean's Dairy Dip. It's my favorite dip on the market. It's versatile. You can use it as a straight-up dip, or you can incorporate it into a dish like a true food beast. And here's here's what I've been doing. I, I do a grilled cheese with it. I lather one end of it with uh, the French onion, Dean's Dairy Dip. That's my favorite flavor. And the other side, I just put whatever cheese I have available at my house. I put both the sides together and I lather the outsides actually again with more Dean's Dip instead of a butter. And then I grill it up in a pan. Uh, I flip it once, I cut it in half, I serve it, and everybody's happy. It's literally the easiest, dopest dish you can think of. So I need you guys to immediately go to the store safely, go to the dairy aisle, pick up some Dean's Dairy Dip, support the homies for supporting the podcast, support your stomach with a really delicious dish, and then tag me. Tag me on Instagram with whatever you create. Even if you're just dunking a burger or a chicken nugget into the Dean's Dairy Dip like a legend, do that and tag me because the more we support Dean's Dairy Dip, the more we support our Foobies family, the happier we all are. I'm saying, bro, it's just a beautiful vibe. So anyways, here's another beautiful episode of The Catch-Up. Welcome to The Catch-Up. Introducing your hosts, Eli Aruth, Editor-in-Chief, and... Jeffrey Kutnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously. Of the craziest, most bestest, news-breaking, food-porn-peddling, viral website on the dot-coms. It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy! There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. All right. And welcome to the catch-up. Welcome back, fatties. We're still in Las Vegas. We are live from the Fubi Studios on the Strip, 24 floors above the world. It's still a hotel room. We're joined with the co-owner of American Coney Island Dogs, a restaurant that's over 100 years old. You might know their hot dog style, type served in a warm steamed bun, Coney Island chili sauce, topped with a, with a line or two of mustard and sweet chopped onions. Constantine Gus Queros, he, he started the dream back in 1917 selling hot dogs out of a shoeshine stand. And over a century later, we're joined with the grandson, Chris Sotteropoulos. Now with locations in Detroit and out of Las Vegas is the D Hotel. Uh, Chris oversees a century-old restaurant and real estate, and we want to hear more. Chris, welcome to the Foobies Catch-Up. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Man, a hundred-year-old restaurant brand. Yeah. I mean, from the moment we, we heard about it, I was like, this. we have to have a conversation because the so many of our conversations are with food and beverage brands less than a decade old yeah. and again that's still no knock to, on them like if you're if you're a restaurant that's in year five like congratulations you beat the odds you're doing something very different and you're in the top tier of of success as far as a restaurant goes a hundred years yes i, I, I kind of want to dive in straight into what you know about the origin in like Take me back to 1916. Like, yeah, bef- yeah where bef- were you bef- before everything? Before <laughs> not the, even a thought. <laughs> <laughs> before everything starts, and and what do you know about about your grandfather and what kind of brought him to establishing the restaurant? Well, um, you know, we're Greek, 
my grandpa came from Greece back in 1910, you know, with hopes and dreams, uh, came through New York, uh, through Ellis Island, worked in New York in various different kitchens, doing different things, and then heard Henry Ford was hiring line workers for $20 a day. So he made the trek to Detroit. Uh, Henry Ford wouldn't hire an immigrant that could barely speak English, so he started working for some guys shining shoes and cleaning hats back in, and, uh, you know, the guy had a hot dog cart and selling food off it. Uh, Grandpa worked his uh, tail off, saved up some money, bought the shoe shine stand and the hot dog cart, and uh, started doing business. He, When he was in New York, he started making different kind of soups and different things, and he kind of created this kind of Greek chili mixture. And uh, one day a customer came up to his cart and said, hey, what can we throw else on here besides the mustard and the ketchup and all this? Threw the chili, mustard and onions, huge success. Had a line at his cart every single day. And, uh, you know, um, looked right behind him, said, okay, I got to go kind of brick and mortar kind of thing. Looked behind him, saw that the building was for rent, rented the building out, and couldn't think of a name for his business, you know. So someone told him, name after what you love. And he loved America because it gave his opportunity and Coney Island because that was one of the first things he saw coming in through Ellis Island. He was like, and loved going there on his days off. So he named it American Coney Island. And all he sold was the hot dog with the chili, mustard, and onions. And hence, everyone like, let's go to that Coney place for that Coney dog. Or, and that's where the name kind of originated and kind of came forward. So your so your grandfather had, had worked in kitchens in New York that yep. had gave him some sort of... Kind of culinary background. Culinary kind of background to where... But the, the chili that he derived, that wasn't something that he had experienced necessarily experienced before that was something that he he the the greek version of chili that pretty was, much you yeah. know you know from what i get from like you know uh you know my dad and my uncles and all this stuff it was just like you know came up with this kind of greek chili i don't know like for a soup aspect and put it on there so tell I was us to say that's not very like i don't know a ton about greek food but i know what i've had and i just can't remember a chili out there hey i'm 100 percent greek i don't even remember seeing yeah. the chili out there either <laughs> too so i just think he probably took a spin of it you know yeah. and just kind of like all right let's put some greek seasonings and greekify this up actually yeah tell me about tell me about the chili and what what makes what makes it greekified as you kind of described the seasoning the spices and that we can't get into because that's where our secret <laughs> that's the proprietary is. Oh, yeah, stuff that's the that's the hush hush stuff there's only a few people that actually know that um that recipe aspect that where we modify it for us at american coney island and yeah that's our uh, little trade secret there are are we talking to the family member that originated the coney dog are, are we going like, yeah my grandpa if you look up wikipedia and all this stuff they put gus Karras, the inventor of the coney dog he was actually you know he was the one who kind of pioneered the coney island restaurant and diner as i said if my grandpa was a bill like if he knew how to patent i'd be a billionaire right now not even work it <laughs> but he didn't go that route you know like most immigrants he'd bring in over family show them the business show them the ropes he'd work in the restaurant and they expand a lot of the coney islands in detroit i remember as a kid like there's a lot more chains out there that are all in the burbs and doing you know have multiple locations they all started working either for my grandfather or my dad as a dishwasher or a waiter and you know we that's what my grandpa did he helped everyone out he brought people in all the time i was always so confused because you know coney island an island i believe off of brooklyn right and then you know obviously eli and i were born in the 80s and so 
when we experienced Coney dogs, right? Coney dogs had already proliferated across the nation. They were available in every major market. And so you kind of think, oh, the Coney dog, you almost associate it with New York. Yeah. And like, so we can validate here, Coney, the Coney dog started in Michigan. Absolutely. And we always tell everyone like, you know, we get New Yorkers and all the time. Hey, I'm from here. I know about Coney dogs. Yeah, it's an amusement park, dude. Where it's actually in Detroit, it's a food, you know? <laughs> so what what so it was a success out the gate once pretty the, much the store yeah, popped up um the store popped up he had a huge success doing great and all that um you know made some money brought his brother over you know uh you probably, probably look at the medias and all this stuff brought his brother over showed him the ropes and all this stuff him and his brother got an argument and his brother opened up right next door called lafayette no way. Uh, so yes. i was wondering if that was a family argument because so it was yes and uh but the thing is it's no longer family owned uh my uh uncle george sold lafayette coney island to a bunch of his employees to a big group so it's like for when they bring people in for tv when we do travel channel food network it's my sister versus my cousin bill and cousin bill doesn't own any of it anymore it's just for good tv but it's it's a hated rivalry still so is what do you know about that argument between your grandfather and his brother Anything? not much no one talks about it what no one ta- no one talks about they it just got an argument that's all it is but like at the same time there's this there's this rivalry so it's it's got to be somewhat heated right well men's kind of made fences over time and all this stuff and then kind of got back to it a little bit you know as time and now that it's not family oh yeah it's game on kind of thing you yeah. know we battle back and forth you know try to get customers and you know if you go to michigan it's either it's like the hatfields and mccoys you're right. either american or lafayette nature it's funny because they try to bs and say oh we opened up first in 1914 obviously my cousin bill and like the family doesn't say that but the big like the group of employees that own it now try to bs it and they go we have proof and they have a menu that's handwritten 1914 i go come on guys we have all the ellis island paperwork you know, uh, Bill Karras, my dad, my grandfather's brother, didn't come into the country until 1920. We already had records open at 1917. That's wild. Do you think any of the, I mean, you say you don't know a ton about what happened between them, but for me, when I first read the story and didn't know that it was an argument, I just, I just figured it was one of those things where someone comes to America successful, maybe opening a gas station, yeah, and they come over and they tell their brother, like, hey, this is a good business. Go open a gas station. Like, here's a little bit of money, whatever it may be. You can work in mine for a little bit, get the ropes, but then just open another one. There's enough to go around. Everyone needs gas. Everyone needs a dog. And was that very could that similar? Have been no, it? but it, the, that was an argument aspect to open up exactly right next door. Yeah, that was an what, argument. Okay, that was like, what started it. Like, we have family members that own other Coney Islands and the Burbs and everything like that. That you know, we sell our chili, not our exact chili, as we said, but you know, we do sell our. We own the chili company, Detroit Chili Company. Um, we sell it to other Coney Islands, not the exact same one, but we sell it to our cousins and everything. We have a lot of family that's in the business. So it's cool. Now, when they open up Coney Island, whatever they whatever they want to call it, that's that's okay by yeah. you and your family. Yeah, you know, there's nothing, you can't patent the name aspect of the Coney Island aspect anymore. So you'll see, you know, uh, a Kirby's Coney Island or Joe's Coney Island or, you know, it just, they put a first name kind of thing or the city or... You know, and put a Coney Island on the aspect because now Coney Islands in Michigan are now diners. Is the, is the popularity of your restaurant, especially over again, as we mentioned, kind of over a hundred years? Does that does that speak volumes about the American palate for hot dog and chili, and how the the palate will, will not move off 
it's, off of things like that. I ask you because so much of what we talk about day to day at Food Beast are trends, things that are hot now. They may not be hot later, especially in the dessert world, right? There's things that come out, lines out the gate, 80 people in line, whatever. And then even six months later, that's a ghost town of a concept. When we're talking a hundred years, like, Talk to me about the hot dog and the American palate for it. Well, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You know, we're 102 years old. Um, You know, for the longest time, all we actually served inside the restaurant was just the Coney dog. We added fries back in the 70s when that's where the fries and the chili cheese fries came in. And people kept on asking for hamburgers and different stuff like that. My dad didn't want to bring in all this different products, so he came up with the loose burger aspect, which is the loose ground beef and the hot dog bun with the Mm. chili mustard and onions, you know, and that was in the 70s. And then in the 90s, we started bringing more items on, like the euros and or salads and different items. So it's evolved so we can bring in more people to have a bigger option, but for the longest time, it was just the Coney Dog that was sold on the menu. And, you know, it's... We see it ourselves in the business aspect. You know, trends kind of go up and down, different things. But it's such a simple, tasty food item. You know, use high ingredients. People are going to love it. Is the lo- is lo- the location that you're at now in Detroit, is that the same location? Like- same location. With the, the one original spot, which is like a long, narrow part, that's the exact same location. And back in 1991, we expanded over out where it's like the big corner like michigan's kind of detroit's shaped like a big circle like a big wheel and we are right at the corner like the windows kind of go into a v kind of aspect and you can sit right at the corner where the big park is campus marshes so it's like it's a great if you can get that spot people love it because you get to sit there and people watch and all that so it's really cool so the yeah so the exact same but pretty much outside of the the expansion it's like the same location oh yeah for sure like i remember when i was a kid back in the 90s some people wouldn't come and sit in the new expansion part because they felt like it it wasn't wasn't the same it wasn't the same can you just is the so we experienced the restaurant in in downtown las vegas yep what What's the feel and vibe of the original restaurant in Detroit before the expansion and then after the expansion? What's the what's the vibe in there? Well, the, one of the things we tried doing in Vegas is to get that original feel before the expansion. You know, um, because as you guys saw, our Vegas location small. We don't have, we have a, a like a very similar menu what we had back in the eighties. Okay, and the main thing is as you kind of realize in all this stuff, we don't have music playing in the store. We don't have this because we want the registered people screaming out back and forth. That was our biggest thing. Our waiters for the longest time and still in Detroit, they don't really, like I have pads, but they scream the orders out. Like I need two on one, three on the, you know, they scream it out. And that's the same kind of essence that we try to do in Vegas, screaming out the orders. I got two to go, I got this to go, I got need that. And that's when you guys went in, you probably heard them calling things out pretty loud. That was the main thing we wanted to do. We wanted to overshadow the customers and all this stuff so they could hear it to give that old school vibe yeah it's yeah. kind of a cool escape from the casino because casino's loud yeah and then you walk in there and it's kind of it's kind of jumpy do you remember the first couple days you ever stepped foot in your in your family restaurant and like did you do anything what, what, what was your interest what, what did it look like so, as a kid i always got stuck bussing tables and being a soda <laughs> jerk i hated it you know <laughs> i'm sitting there like 
couldn't watch Saturday cartoons because that was my only thing. Like, if we weren't in school or playing a sport, we had to work. And I hated it. And, like, I made sure, like, I played every sport. Like, (laughs) well, wrestling, let's try this one out this year. Let's try this, you know, because I did not want to (laughs) work. And, like, when I went to college, I was so ecstatic because I was like, I'm out of the restaurant industry. I'm done. You know, like, I'm going to corporate America, like, yada yada and you wanted nothing to do with the oh, family yeah. business and i got sucked into it <laughs> when, when did you when did you feel like you got sucked into it it was literally about eight years ago um, eight years ago yeah so i did a lot of different stuff uh, i graduated college i went to michigan state graduated 99 i worked overseas for four years hey, you, uh, you got the hell out of here huh oh yeah I, you did not I, want any part of this i worked in saudi arabia for a bit um doing what i was uh i did was a supply chain manager so i did purchasing and logistics for a sheik yeah. out in saudi oh, that's oh wow. so i handled all his u.s stuff huh. and he was a big developer buildings hospitals all over in saudi so I did that for a bit and then uh, worked for a franchise company for nine years, Pita Pit, helped them get that off the ground, Oh wow. Pita Sandwiches. And then we started expanding and my sister turns to me and goes, all right, I need some help here, you know, because there's my older sister. Uh, she's like the, the big helm of everything, you know, mm. call her the Leona Helmsley of the group kind of. <laughs> um, but uh, she's awesome. So she turned to me and goes, hey, I need some help. We're expanding and, you know, want you to be part of this now and i'm like yeah let's do it what made her i guess and you and and decide yo vegas is where we're gonna go if we're gonna open outside of michigan why vegas that's a great story so we have a lot of people you know 102 years we got families that are coming in doing different things uh derek stevens the owner of the d casino um you know he came into the uh the coney one day goes to grace and goes hey my name's derek i'm doing these things in vegas want you guys to be a part of it my sister looks at him like who the hell are you because <laughs> we get a lot of people always time like oh you got to do one in here you got to do one there so he was like really gung-ho about it you know and he's like all right flying you guys out all this you know my dad used to bring me when i was a kid i bring my kids you know we love you and flew her out and showed her everything and talked and my sister gives me a call i was in la at the time and she's like can you come down here i'm like i'm stuck i can't and she comes back and pitches it and she goes you know i like it you know i got a good vibe because we're a mom and pop shop you know we're family oriented we had a great feeling from him derek and you know he's a family guy too and it's just like all right things clicked and like all right we're doing it did you ever get the vibe within your family like especially as you know i'm i'm assuming like your grandfather and your dad watched Coney go across America, right? They you started being able to get Coney dogs as you were driving Route 66 at any Dairy Queen. You'd start to see it everywhere. Was there was there always like, hey, we're going to keep this a family business mantra? Was it not necessarily about growth from a location standpoint? Like, t- yeah. t- talk to me about like the family mentality and and where you guys are now well it's one of those things you know i i I wasn't around when my grandpa he passed before i was born and you know realistically it's kind of funny um going growing up like you know and even through college you're just like yeah we own a coney place you know it was just like you never really kind of thought about the aspect and the history of it till you when you get it and it was just one of those things where you know 
it was really didn't want to expand it because like you can expand all over it it had to be a good fit we didn't want to have one everywhere around the block you know every suburb every state kind of thing it wasn't our thing you know um a lot of times i always heard you know it was just like you know when you get too big you lose a lot of control and you know more pain more headaches and it was one of those things you know Greeks, we don't like to lose control. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think it was just one of those things where, like, let's keep it tight and intimate. And that's why one of the things I think they went parallel with opening, you know, the chili company and different things and buying the properties. Yeah. And, and that feels to me that that aligns and is parallel with, like, the quality of your establishment. We, we work with, we work a, a lot of restaurants that license or franchise and, you know, I'm curious, do you feel like because you maintain that control specifically, it's like, well, it's still the same high quality product as you were able to get in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s? Has has the menu or ingredients or the chili has? No, has that- none, none of the ingredients has changed since my grandfather. The hot dog that we use, it's actually a Dearborn sausage. Um, my grandpa, it's our proprietary dog that, you know, he works with them and they, uh, and like when they kind of first started, they kind of cut a deal that's still intact to this day where that hot dog is only made just for us. The chili company is our specific chili that's been the same one being used for over a hundred and some years. And, you know, the mustard, it's uh, not a complete yellow mustard. It's kind of like a Belgian mustard, a little vinegary more. Mm. And we use a sweet Vidalia onion, which no one's going to use a sweet Vidalia onion because of the cost. And it's just one of those things. We've kept that simple, high-ingredient product. Our hot dogs, no byproducts. Everyone hears the horror stories about hot dogs yeah. and different things. Not ours. You know, um, it's 292 calories. Uh, Thank God. I had four of those. <laughs> that fu- Dude. If you follow Weight Watchers, it's only eight points per dog. Cause <laughs> my sister's good friends with the founder of Weight Watchers. They're on a lot of different things in Detroit for women's groups. And yeah, she did a thing for us and she did a Weight Watchers aspect for eight points. So yeah. What's the average order? Because when I ordered, because we ordered, I swear to God, what we ordered? Like 16 dogs? We ordered two of the of the four core menu items each. Yeah. So we... The, that was what we started with. So we had eight menu items yeah. to start. Then you wanted to get another photo of. How do you pronounce? So I'm gonna call it a gyro. Oh, but but I'm all, but I'm always open to hearing. How, how does a Greek pronounce it? Gyro. 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 Yeah, but if you want to go Americanized, gyro like the denomination. Gyro is cool. Gyro. Yeah. Okay. So I also you guys also have that, and I had one of those, and then I got real real froggy with. Uh, the the, the nice it, woman yeah. behind the counter and she helped me out I was like yo has anyone ever put this fantastic chili on the euro and she was like no no she said that yeah no she said that she they, said like, yes it happened it happened it we didn't we didn't create it okay well but, I had it today I created it today <laughs> <laughs> and it was incredible it actually was really good it was, was it? fantastic cause she, at first at first uh, bless her heart Izzy what was what was her name Annette Annette and so we're talking with Annette, great manager of this location, and she's like, I don't know, like, do you want tanziki on it with the chili, kind of hot and cold? We looked at her, we're like, I don't know. But as Eli is filming the making of this, he's like, we got, we have to do so the chili. Is did you do the tzatziki with the chili? Because yeah. I actually never heard of that aspect. Yeah. Oh, no, we did. Because she, she, she didn't recommend it, but I said- How'd it taste? I said, let's run it. Because like, <laughs> let's run it like it- people put sour cream on chili and i know tzatziki is not this same makeup it was incredible 
It was incredible. I mean, I'm going to put up a video of it when this podcast <laughs> launches and tell people to go in and ask for the food be special. <laughs> and they're going to know. And then you're going to know that, yo, Chili and Tatsiki were meant to be. They were meant to hook up in the 2020s. And the tzatziki sauce is actually my grandma's recipe that we make in-house every day. Bless her, because so, it's incredible. You know, two combinations, grandma and grandpa's sauces combined. Hey, maybe it's meant heaven. I love it. I love it. We'll open a third location in Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you supposed to eat the Coney dog and order the Coney dog, in your opinion? Are there are there strict rules? Oh, are there, absolutely. Okay, oh, there sure. are. Okay, there are strict the rules. The biggest no-no in the Coney life is no ketchup. You do not put ketchup on a Coney dog. You guys have ketchup in the spot? We have it for the fries. Gotcha. Okay, and we also have it for plain dogs, for kids and everything of that. But it's one of those things, and I get on my employees pretty bad because I'm coming, especially in Vegas, because West Coast are like, I want ketchup on it. They're supposed to take the bottle of ketchup, put it on the counter, we don't put ketchup on the Coney dog. You're more than welcome to do that yourself. Oh, Oh, wow, so they will not put ketchup on the dog. They're supposed to not to put a ketchup. My people are not supposed to put a ketchup on a Coney dog when it's got everything on it, chili, mustard, and onions. If it has everything on it, they are not supposed to put the ketchup on there. We put it on the counter, explain. Oh, we were close. We were close to effing that up, Izzy. Did you see me get up? Why? Why is because Izzy, our producer, doesn't have a mic, so I'm going to speak for him. He's allergic to mustard. Ah. So, like, I don't know if it's mustard seed. I don't know if there's something in in mustard the condiment but he his his throat starts to close when he eats it but he was such a champion that he was like i have to i have to eat so it you, the way we had to pry the dog out wow. of his hands <laughs> and i was like izzy it's, it's not worth your throat closing and he still ate it and again he didn't he like took some of the mustard off but he's like i have to eat it the way it's supposed to be so i'm glad you know i'm glad we stuck i'm glad we stuck to it izzy like touche i was like i don't know thanks izzy i'm i feel honored that you risked your life kind of thing you know yo i was like yo this is an amazing dog because i'd already eaten three at this point and then i turned to izzy and he's still looking at the same one like izzy what's what's you good bro and he's like and then i remembered he was allergic to mustard but he didn't want to not eat it so he was contemplating it for a while then he ate it i was like yo it's 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 amazing but like it's not worth you dying all due respect so so chris why why no ketchup is that just because that's how it's been and i don't know it's just one of those things it's one of those things that's been instilled to me as a kid no ketchup so is, you that, know? is that east coast thing because i don't know it's we're midwesterners everyone thinks detroit's east coast but we're midwesterners yeah well on the like on my third and a half dog i walked up on that on that fourth dog halfway through and i wanted to get ketchup because i remember seeing a bottle on the counter by the time i got up the bottle was gone, and then I and I had that moment. Where I was like, I wonder if it's disrespectful in this joint to ask for ketchup. So I'm gonna sit back. Yeah, down. we we well, we were. I was told as a kid um, that we didn't actually ever have ketchup until we brought fries in the 70s. Oh, like it didn't exist. It didn't. No, it was not brought in the yeah. store. Like um, in the original, like before, like we brought fries in American Coney Island in the 70s. There was no ketchup in the store. I like that. That's respect. I, dude. I, yeah, that's just. Res- I, I like. I would prefer to go to a, a restaurant that says, hey, this is how we do it, and let me partake in the culture, let me partake in what you guys do. Because I, I, we've said this on the podcast before too, when I go to a build your own whatever, build your own burrito, build your own pizza place, I kind of fuck it up. Oh and yeah, I don't like because that. Because it's like, if I, if I don't know what is the best from a specific location, 
then I'm just combining elements that maybe never should have thought of been combined because my mind's just like, oh, I see it. I like that flavor. I think that combines with that flavor. Let's get it. I like when people say like no to certain things because point me, point me in the direction of the food you want me to eat. I'm here to eat your food, right? Like I'm not here to, like, yeah, I guess it's I want to eat it and it's my food in theory. But when I go out to eat, I want people I, that know I would how to ra- cook Yeah, it I'd rather good. trust someone. Uh, like this is I don't live and breathe coney dogs twenty four seven. Like I'm not an expert. So if you tell me mustard, onions, chili is the way to do it, it was the way to do it because it was delicious. I mean, I'm so full of shit because normally I agree with you, but I'm the dude that just put tzatziki <laughs> and chili, and it's not on the menu, but I put it together. I totally treated your spot like a build your own hot dog joint. That's fine, dude. It's a new combination. Is it, it might go down in history on an aspect. Are there are there any other rules with coney dogs? No ketchup. Is there anything else? You know. Um, we always kind of make the jokes, you know, we have a lot of people that eat with forks and knives, like yeah. especially because uh, it just makes life easier. Um, and uh, we kind of joke around on that, but a lot of people eat it with a fork and knife because it's so kind of messy and kind of big and all that stuff. Um, but regarding the rules and regulations, uh, yeah, there's not really much. The ketchup's the biggest one. Is there a know? little bit more respect for the person who's just getting down with their hands? Is that what oh, you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you ever see anyone eat the hot dog from the middle? <laughs> some late nights, Vegas, Detroit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. downtown. I bet you've seen some stuff downtown. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some good stuff. That's wild. I once saw a dude eat a burrito from the middle, and it like <laughs> I just went home. Well, it's funny. <laughs> it's too much, too much day for me. I gotta go. Well, it's funny too because you know we see a lot of celebrities coming in and out and all that, and you know, you judge them kind of how they they're coney. Like, ah, uh-huh, he went knife and fork. You yeah, know, you know, it's just like he got an appearance later or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's that white collar celebrity over there, like <laughs> with the fork and knife. Dude, I wish there was video in the store. You just have security cameras in the store because I want to see how fast I ate four dogs. Dude, is it like a normally like a two bite hot dog because it's a good sized dog but two there's something bite. about it there's something about it i don't know if it's the steamed bun or the way the sauce the the hot dog just flows into my mouth but i can't remember more than two bites each time it's a combination of everything but two bites is pretty impressive yeah, like i wasn't trying to impress anybody <laughs> if anything is embarrassing the fastest i actually ever seen anyone eat a coney dog is kobayashi we had him in detroit one time oh wow he ate four coney dogs in 30 seconds with everything on it chili mustard onions he pounded them oh my god i got a girl who could beat it and i'm gonna bring we it to the store i we seriously do. i think she would crush whatever you guys want she would crush it oh yeah yeah i'm so excited because I, I don't know if she's had a, a coney island dog well because you you guys do you guys do your own eating yeah, competition yeah right? we do our own eating competition is that detroit. like a yearly thing yeah we do it the thursday before labor day weekend because detroit's a blue collar town labor day is pretty big so we yeah. do it that and uh one year we had Kobayashi there as one of our celebrity judges he didn't compete but he did a demonstration it was phenomenal to see <laughs> the 30 second oh my four, God. Hot, four Cody dog demonstration it was hilarious too because you know you hear everyone screaming from the crowds like does he have a sister you know like that people are laughing and all that it was uh 
but it, we do this competition every year it's uh and we take the sales and all the money that's generated from it and donate either to detroit police or detroit fire because they have a coney eating competition that they go against each other like a team of all like, the servicemen they do yeah it. like team of five detroit cops versus five detroit fire departments and whoever wins gets a big trophy and gets the money for the day and all that that Damn. we donate is ESPN on this yet? No. Nah, well, let's get Fubis ESPN on this. <laughs> that sounds incredible. We'll live stream it. But yeah, so we do a lot. We do that every Thursday. We're trying to figure something out to do for Vegas because we actually have a one for the people that we do afterwards where they get 10 minutes. And I want to say the record was broken. I can't remember. It was broken this year by a kid from Canada, probably about five foot six. They, we called him the model because he was just like jacked and good looking guy. I mean, you know, my sister was like, he's hot. I'm like, yeah, I guess. He had all that. <laughs> and he crushed it. He ate like 25, 28. I can't remember. Jeez. Uh, With the in chili 10 and minutes. The chili, yeah, we do everything. It's not everything. like, it's not like uh, on the, 4th of July, you know, with just the bun and the hot dog. This is everything. You got to do a chili mustard and onions. And uh, <laughs> we want to do one here in Vegas. We want to have Detroit versus Vegas. So we're trying to figure this all out. Yo, keep us posted, yeah, please. Yeah, keep us posted. We, Our audience loves when people smash <laughs> food into their mouth. They just love it. It's and we the, give a big, like, you know, WWF kind of wrestling style belt with a hot dog in the middle. And all yeah. that oh, stuff. our brands are meant to work together <laughs> yeah, yeah. because we have a WWF style belt for, for our chefs. eating competition, oh, for our chef league, for our editorial Do team. Izzy's the biggest, like, WWF fan. <laughs> Yo, wrestling belts are awesome. Oh, yeah. They, dude, they are awesome. Great. You should get it for, like, normal things in your day to day life like you woke up from bed today just <laughs> boom made the bed <laughs> do you have you heard stories about who the original customers of that stand were because I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to like it reminded me when you said how fast you could eat that hot dog right and i'm reading about the history of hot dogs you know and some people are saying it's you know specifically for the blue collar worker who might have had 20 minutes on a lunch break and they have to eat something like rapid fast that also means it has to be prepared really fast i'm curious if you know anything about kind of what that client because you guys are you know um they're greek immigrants that started this uh this restaurant this cart is everyone is it everyone in detroit because of its location is it in is it an immigrant community that's accepting and and wants these hot dogs is it like who is who is that opening customer it's everyone that's a thing you know detroit is a blue collar town but you know it's funny like right now for lunch if you go downtown detroit or here in vegas too actually you know you could be sitting there with some people that are tourists doing doers and all this stuff and turn next to you and you got the number one construction guy you know, who's worth billions sitting there eating a coney with a couple of people or the president of the bank. You know, you just don't know who's there and what's going on. You know, we've had a lot of famous people come and eat. Um, they come in celebrities to this day, like Kid Rock. He's the one who designed our 100-year T-shirt. This is his brand made in Detroit. You know, he comes in all the time. He was on uh, Jimmy Fallon. He wore our original T-shirt during, during concerts. There's also rumors, too, that, you know, when the Queen did her tour, back in the 70s queen elizabeth like in the u.s tour there's rumors that her stopped in my dad said her motorcade came in they ran in they got a sack of dog conies and they took off by the great equalizer so you know <laughs> we've served everyone that i mean it makes sense because as we're eating it today again and i don't think 
I mean, Izzy and I are big baseball fans. I think that's probably when I consume the most hot dogs in my life. But there's just there's just a place on the palate for a hot dog, man. What is it? Have have Greeks run with hot dogs and kind of diner foods and other capacities too? Like, do you see that around? I feel like in I see Detroit, good- I would say yes for the hot dogs and diners. Like, you know, I've been all over. Like, my wife's from Jersey, so I go to the East Coast a lot. A lot of diners are owned by Greeks. Like, Greeks in general are just restaurant people. I think. I think it's mm-hmm. one of those things where. They can get a job there easily, learn the kind of business, kind of open up their own kind of thing. You know, my grandpa, when he, that's one of the things. He was one of the original Greeks in the city of Detroit. So, like, kind of, he would bring Greeks from all around, and they would bring other Greeks and do and whatnot. With your family being Greek, did did your grandparents, or that you know of, did they ever run into not being accepted into a Michigan community because of being immigrants. I mean, that's a pretty big topic now still. And I'm just curious if, if you heard anything of, you know, anything of the sort or were they widely accepted maybe because of the, the food that the, that they were oh, offering? No, the I even got like when I was younger, you know, cause I like my three older sisters are all born in Detroit. Yeah. I was the one born in Greece. So when I came, like I didn't know English that well, so like, mm, and shit. my parents moved to the burbs where, um, you know, and this is in the eighties, early eighties, seventies, like late seventies, eighties, and you know, I was I was known as the immigrant kid. You know, I had a yeah. long name, and everyone's like, uh, the, you know, back then, yeah, I can imagine they felt the same, but I remember I got it, and now it's obviously more accepting and doing. It's completely different. Did did like friends and stuff know that you're what your family business was like was nah. that a thing or was it was it kind of like eh, hush hush it was it was it wasn't even like that hush hush it's not like we kept it secrets and all this stuff it yeah. was just like yeah it's a spot yeah you know we own a restaurant people hey. hit you up for free dogs all the time growing up always always like i would <laughs> as as the as the menu when has the menu and you talked about fries and you've talked about heroes like a little bit but are those the only adaptations to the menu since in the hundred years, or is there more available potentially in the Detroit location that we haven't seen in Vegas? Well, in Vegas, we have a really limited menu, just the fact that um, smaller location, we wanted to kind of keep it quick, simple, fast, casual. In Detroit, we have table service, so the waiters are doing. So we have we used to we brought different things, we've tried different things, you know, Greek salads. You know, fish fries on Sundays during Lent. You know, we do a lot of different things for the menu. Now, are we expanded? If you go in there, do you you expect to get a breakfast or anything like that? No, we don't do that. You want breakfast at us? You either can have a Cody dog, donut, and coffee. You know, so. (laughs) And we get a lot of people that come in because we never close 24 hours a day in both locations. We never close. We haven't closed the doors. We can literally say, in the past 102 years, we can count on one hand, and this is like time frames of how many times we kind of close. And we don't even have a key in Detroit or Vegas. I do not have keys to the doors. What the hell? Because it's open 24 hours, so you'll you'll be able to go in there whenever you want. Whenever you want. Like during the riots in, back in the 70s, Detroit riots, the power outages, we were still open. We were there. What, what were some of the instances where you had to close? I can't imagine. Only times we ever actually close is like, we kind of close to the public for when people rented us out. Mm-hmm. You know, we get rented out for a lot of parties like Ford or General Motors or, you know, different things. And we'll close for a few hours to do a thing. And I remember we closed one time back in 1991 um, when we expanded. We closed for two hours so they can knock the wall down 
and kind of patch it real quick. <laughs> you close for two <laughs> hours to yeah. do construction. <laughs> well, we had the part. We actually had it all built out, ready to go. It was just we needed to collapse that one wall and do the frame real quick and open the doors. Yo, that's so funny. What's what's the secret to running? Or give us some advice for someone thinking about running a twenty four hour operation. I honestly can't even imagine. It's it's a it's a brutal thing at times, you know. Um, most important thing is the people you have with you. You know, your team, your crew. You know, uh, they're the heart and soul of any business. So you got to make sure you do your due diligence. Take your time. Pick out the right people. And one of the things is. You can't be, you know, all my employees, I feel like they're my family. I talk to them. They all have my personal cell phone. We text. We goof around. I call them. I check up on them. How'd this go? How'd that go? You know, it's an, and I do it because I care. And my sister, we do it because we actually care about everyone. And we try to, like, and just instill that, you know. People care when they know that their superiors care and do. So that's the main thing. And 24 hours... Uh, thick skin because whatever can happen will happen and security always works out real good too sometimes <laughs> i mean because you're also i mean you're also in downtown vegas right yeah. you're wild that which is can be a wild place during the day while we're even there oh, right yeah, and absolutely. so i mean is tw- so 24 hours is that just because the brand is built on being open that oh, yeah. that's just how it has to be even if there are things that can happen at night that obviously can be frustrating for a business it's just like well our brand's a 24-hour brand and that's how it's going to be and that's the thing you know we've contemplated and talked about it numerous times we don't get a lot of customers between that 3 a.m 6 a.m kind of thing sometimes you know like vegas is a different story but in detroit you know and we've talked about it we contemplated and, and it's just one of those things i'm like yeah why change it now we're here we've been doing it for so long why change things it's like one of those things everything can shut down but we go, we'll keep the lights on kind of thing. At what point in the company did you uh, want to create a chili company to not, well, you know, because now, and you mentioned this before the pod, but now you distribute and, and sell your chili to restaurants across the country, including, you know, um, the major distribution companies uh, like Cisco and U.S. Foods, for example. When was that a decision to... <clears throat> To create that company. See, that was actually my grandpa. I wish I could tell you when that date was, because that's what he wanted. Like, he did laterally, you know. I was like, and uh, they're just like, we got to create a chili company, you know. Who knows? I couldn't tell you. Maybe he got tired of, because you got to realize our location, Detroit, our original location was pretty small. Like, a lot of the prep stuff and everything, it had to be done in the basement. And still, kind of this day, it's all done below. Like, kind of almost like New York City, where, like, you have the seating upstairs and you got the kitchen downstairs um we have the kitchen set up similar like where the grill does and all this stuff but all the prep happens down you never know who knows he probably got frustrated of trying to prep and cook chili every single day down there like hey let's buy let's make it mass kind of thing and is that something where is like how big is the chili business in comparison to the restaurant business is it restaurant business will always you know top of that you know it's like uh, the chili company does good, no complaints. But the restaurant aspect, you know, that's the main thing. That's How's the like? driving force of everything. Yeah. How's it like working with your sister? Uh, hit and miss, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we all, man, I have a brother. Like, if I had to work with so, him, crazy. So you know, it's great actually. It's uh, we both have different kind of like 
ways how we do business. You know, uh, I'm the baby. There's four of us total in the family. Grace is my older sister, and I got two sisters in between, and then there's me. So it's like we, uh, you know, we have our moments. You know, we'll tell one person like "f you" after that. We scream, we yell, and like move on. We have the same goal. You know, our main goal and everything like that. We both. That's our. We take care of the family. We do what we got to do, and it's hit and miss. You know, but I love her to death. You know, she's been always like she was my basketball coach for crying out loud when i was in like middle school (laughs) you know she was an all-state uh small forward so she was one of my coaches and it's just you know it's great it's bittersweet it's double-edged short sometimes i love it sometimes like ah i gotta go in and see grace today in 2019 what are you guys thinking um for the future of american coney island are you guys retirement trying to figure out who's going to take our next steps I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, big announcement, exclusive. <laughs> um, no, honestly, you know, uh, for our next steps with American Conan, we don't know. You know, it's one of those things, you know, in life, it's hard to plan things out. Yeah. You know, things always go away. When you try to have a detailed map and all that, you know, it goes astray. You know, go day by day, you know, and... Uh, I know, you know, my sister's older. I know she's probably thinking of an exit strategy. She's looking at me to take over the helms, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm looking at my nephews and like trying to figure out, okay, which one of you guys are going to start taking over the helms kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, so it's just, you know, the main thing is we've always believed in a KISS philosophy. Keep it simple, sweetie. So, you know, or keep it simple, stupid kind of thing, kind <laughs> yeah. of mentality. And uh, and that's the thing, you know. Our, obviously, we're both – we don't want to be the ones to falter the family business, you know. So the main goal is to keep on doing what we're doing and keep on this trainer alive. So I have a check underneath my laptop right now. It's uh, from Wiener Snitchel and it's for $75 million. Does your family take the check and become absorbed by Wiener Snitchel? Seventy-five million is a lot. <laughs> it is, man. Very specific. It's not seventy-four. It's not peanuts. So you know, you got to think after taxes and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do I get to keep the building? Can I charge them rent? Or do they want the building? Oh, so you, you, the Detroit one. That's the one you own. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll let you keep the building. Yeah, I'd think about it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'd probably jump all over that. Right yeah, $75 million. Does that, Do you have to like go then to the family and now let's see what guys is everyone on Here's board the thing, with this? I, I would look at Grace, you know, and we obviously can I swear in here? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we already fucked it up earlier. All right, so <laughs> we swear back and forth all the time. So Grace would look at me like, what are you fucking stupid? You're doing it, you know, like that. You don't think like for any moment, like the the hundred year history comes into play, you think about your grandparents and anything like that. Do you? What do you think they would think? You'd probably tell me to fucking sell it too. So Boom. They, <laughs> good answer. There we go. Here's the check. <laughs> no, but honestly, yeah, I, God, yeah, I. That's a toughie, yeah. you know. Because uh, no, all joking aside, I know we goof around and like that. Seventy-five million, but it's it is a tough question. Like I don't know what I'd do. I uh, I would probably lean yes, but I'd be scared shitless to do it because at the same time I could see, you know, my grandpa saying "screw you," you sure. know, mm-hmm. like my ghost is going to get you, kind of thing, kind yeah. of you know. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what it comes to with with like a family legacy like that and and but I is their think, dollar amounts that too to i don't it. think he ever thought it would be like this mm. like honestly who in life thinks a business is going to last more than 15 years yeah you know nothing like that I, like at 102 like 
you you just think about it and it's like dang you know it's pretty we're pretty proud of it we're actually really damn proud of it yeah do you attribute any of those 102 successful years toward detroit grit like to absolutely tell, tell me about because my, my about so my so my dad's from detroit um my i still have family in detroit and again i'm not an expert on michigan i live in california but the people from detroit rep detroit the people from michigan rep michigan and i think most people understand that a lot of people in detroit a lot of people in michigan don't necessarily have it the best right from an from an economic perspective of what's hap- what's happened to that state with automotive or with industry a lot of people have had a, a, i'd say a tough time in the state but man there's also seems to be and which i find it really remarkable is this grit that i'm talking about and this positivity of like yeah but there's no way we're fucking leaving detroit like this is where we're from and can you talk to me like about like what what you know of living and being in detroit um and kind of about that grit well you know loyalty's big yeah um and i that like loyalty's huge and michigan and detroit in general we're loyal heck we everyone's a lions fan you know i'm wearing my lion's hat i'm geeked up we're undefeated you know uh loyalty's big and when some like homegrown detroit things come along everyone gets really super behind it and it's one of those things you know because a lot of detroit was based off immigrants not just greeks you know polish german um there's a like you know there's a big chaldean community lebanese community arabic community and it's a lot of immigration that family roots and loyalty aspect that kind of kind of still filters through and you know one of the good things about detroit we are super loyal you know like american cars american furniture we're very gung-ho on american-made stuff like i had a rental car today the guy wanted to give me a nissan i'm like nah i just want an american car you know it's just little things and we're really loyal and i think one of the things that you know especially detroiters that they know the coney dog came from detroit helps out so much yeah you know anytime i walk around i always got something on from detroit either michigan state tigers red wings all that and walking through here in vegas someone always scream what up doe you know yeah. so i was like just kind of nod your head you yeah. know that's badass. That's where what up dog came from. Yeah. Can we clear up uh, when people want a definition between chili dog and a Coney Island dog? Well, chili dog first off and foremost, one and the same. But I would have to really say the Coney dog is all three combinations. It's a natural casing hot dog first and foremost. That's the main base of it. If you guys realize, it had that snap to it. Yeah. So that's a natural casing hot dog what's the alternative like what's the alternative just like a regular hot dog where you like you know like an oscar like Meyer, you just kind of bite in so it's like a, a non-natural casing <laughs> yeah <laughs> or whatever it is yeah okay. so ours is natural casing you know it's uh but there is a snap to it yep and that's and yeah. that's what i was because that's what i had read about going into the place um and so i was specific kind of looking for that and i did i did notice that when we were eating it and that's a big thing so you have to have the natural casing hot dog the chili now it's going to be that smooth kind of cream chili on it with the mustard and the onions. That what makes a Coney dog. Yeah. So. 
so that's the difference y'all and then and can you can you give a description of the other menu items um because yeah. there was the the loose burger yeah for example. so the loose burger is just seasoned ground beef inside of a steamed bun with the chili mushroom onion so if you because our hot dogs are 90 percent beef 10 percent pork you know so a lot of people don't want to do pork they want to do a little 100 beef we have loose burgers for them then we have the combination of the two which is the american special which is the hot dog the loose ground beef chili mustard and onion so it's just kind of maybe instead of having four conies you could add a couple of those you're doing good <laughs> I, I did i did have that one though. oh did you have the american <laughs> special yeah. and i didn't even hear or feel the bite because <laughs> at one point it was just like a sucking motion <laughs> on the whole thing with the bread and the chili and everything it's so damn good it did seem like he was lost <laughs> like, I didn't Eli speak. Was, I didn't speak. Eli at this was time in the as... restaurant. We, I mean, we had taken 15, 20 minutes to get, the, you know, get the right photos of the way we want to promote the food. But it was also what past two o'clock. We hadn't eaten anything today, so I think that I think that played into it for you, right? Cause yeah, you I hadn't, didn't have breakfast. You worked out this morning. You hadn't eaten anything. It was two o'clock. You'd been staring at food, taking photos for 15, 20 minutes, and then you just yes. let loose. <laughs> I mean that's that's part of the game plan. Like I just I like to go in. I'm not gonna eat something else before I'm gonna go experience something for the first time. You know I wanted to eat everything twice, which you did. Nice oh, man, wild. How do we feel for for anyone that's starting a concept in, in 2019? Do you have any words of advice of how to create a brand with longevity? Well, a couple things. You know everything comes down to the food aspect. If we're talking about restaurants. Um, you know high quality ingredients don't try to go the cheap way and go and buy like pre-cooked things and do and make things simple you got to go with the high quality products makes a big difference especially longevity wise you know um and the most important thing i'd have to say is starting off you got to be in your store you know me and my sister we're in our stores every single day i might not live here in vegas but when i'm here for the week i'm here every single day and you know detroit i'm in one of the big places every single day you know you just got to care about it and want to grow and do and put in the sweat effort and keep on doing it based know? on uh based on what you see with the next generation do you think like the the, the millennial entrepreneur is willing to like go into the store the way you and your sisters have got and gone into the store on that level i think so i hope so yeah. you know because it's important you know and i think if someone's got the drive to do it they're going to do it and i don't see any problem with them putting you know everyone always said that about me i'm i'm considered the, the seminal now i was generation x but now i'm because they renamed me as the Seminole because uh, I was born in 77. And, you know, I can imagine they probably said the same thing about it. My dad called me lazy all the time. Yeah. You know, so it's just one of those That's things. the moniker that hits every next it's generation. every yeah, single right? thing, you know. <laughs> every I, generation is lazy. Yeah, I look at my niece and nephews. I call them lazy all the time. I go, you guys are bums. You know, I used to mow the grass and shovel <laughs> snow. Your parents pay for people to do this, you know. It's like, why aren't you doing it? It's the same thing, you know. It's just, it's the same thing generation after generation. And, you know, everyone's going to find their niche and do what they need to do. Where where can people find American Coney Island? You can find American Coney Island in downtown Detroit, in the original location, also in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the D Casino Hotel right on Fremont Street. Awesome. Uh, we also have a location at the Detroit Zoo. It's a great zoo. We have a standing location right there. Um, also, 
if you want to try us out, we ship Coney kits out to everyone in the 48 states. All you have to do is go to our website, AmericanConeyIsland.com, or uh, it will direct you. You can be able to order a Coney kit. You get the 12 dogs, the buns, the chili, the onion, and you get also a paper hat and a letter from myself and Grace. And it's shipped in dry ice. You can cook it and do all that stuff. So you can get a piece of American Coney Island in your home too. Yo, I, first of all, I got to ask. I, one, I love the kit. Two, um, is the website that you guys have a serious website? Like, do you know that was it designed? When was it designed? It was designed a while ago. It's, it, it's, <laughs> Don't change a, it. Do, we actually <laughs> had, we actually had so, this conversation before. Never change. And we were like, it's charming. So, there's there's actually there's a charming aspect to the website where we actually I'm not we're not being sarcastic. No, Don't change it. It's so we could have always changed the decor of the store and all this stuff, but we have it red, white, and blue with the stars and the gold trim because yeah. we're tactfully tasty. You know, it's one of those <laughs> things. We want to be kind of cheesy and retro at the same time. And when we did the web page, it was a long time ago, and we get hit up a lot by a lot of people like I can do your website I can do these graphics I can do this I can do that and a lot of people because who we are want to do it for free just for the fact that they can tag their name on it that they designed our page and we look Nah, we kind of like it actually. It's cheesy, you know. It's it's amazing. We I, sell hot dogs for a living, guys. Come on, you know. It's like realistically, I tell that to everyone. Anyone ask me what I do, sell hot dogs for a living. You know, no one really knows actually what I do. They see my shirts when I walk in, and you know, I go pick up my kid from school and all this stuff, and like, yeah, I sell hot dogs for a living. You know, so you know, that's what my kid says. Daddy sells hot dogs. That's what he says. You know. I can only imagine the guy that was like, let me build your app. <laughs> it never change. If anything, I would put like the little uh, visitor counter at the bottom of it and maybe like a guest book. <laughs> so it. All the, the classic old webpage shit, maybe a screensaver. Um, yo, this is awesome though. It's but really yeah, fun. It's, 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 it was done like on purpose aspect because it's just like, we sell a hot dog. Simple as that. And it's then, nothing... I think what's cool for our audience is the fact that you don't have to be in Vegas or Detroit to experience these hot dogs. Like, yeah. I think that's actually really smart being able to being able to ship your exclusive proprietary products anywhere in at least the 48 states. Like that's pretty cool cuz a lot of times when we're having very specific conversations about regional restaurants and and cuisine is yeah, you got to make it there to have this experience. So you heard, you heard the man. Oh, yeah. And the Coney Kit business was started all at a fluke. Like, we were getting a lot of phone calls from L.A., actually. A lot of people and celebrities and wanting to do and all this stuff and wanting to try our products. So we, my sister Grace was like, you know, fucking, I'll figure it out. And, and she came up with the concept and the idea, you know. and Start packaging the stuff and just sending it. Yeah, and the packaging, the box, and dry ice, and longevity. And next thing you know, we got a warehouse that does it you know every day so so before we wrap I, I was reading a pretty hilarious interview with your sister your sister feels like she doesn't put up with anybody's shit no dude she's got more balls than any of us here <laughs> because i'm she, telling you right I'm now terrified i was, in a I was, good like, way. I was <laughs> reading this interview transcript where she was just like you didn't fucking do your research and i was just like whoa 
because I, I was curious. I was like, oh, is, is Chris is Chris going to be like the firebrand in this interview? Talk to me about like your sister a little bit, just because I was like really intrigued, like reading that article. Yeah, just like so, doesn't seem like she put up again. She doesn't put up with anybody's shit. So you got to realize, Grace uh, took over the family business probably in the late eighties. Okay, you know, she was in her twenties, and she was a woman business owner in the city of Detroit, which is one of the roughest cities back then to this day. Yeah, in America, so she grew a pretty thick skin. And pretty tough. And she's very assertive. You know, I have a t-shirt, don't fuck with me or I'll sick my big sister on you kind of thing. You know, it's, uh, um, but yeah, as I, I tell everyone, I'm like, I, like, it's one of my things. I'm like, all right, if you guys don't want to talk to me, I'll, you guys can talk to Grace. And people are like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Yo, what's the scariest shit you see her do? So... Uh, <laughs> I love how it instantly went somewhere. It did, actually. So... We were doing an interview for, uh, I want to say it was like the Food Network or something like that. And she's doing the interview outside the store. And uh, next thing you know, uh, a guy picked her cell phone right out of her back pocket and started bolting. And you just see everyone go flying to get the guy and tackle him and all this stuff. And Grace was right in the mix. (laughs) Like she didn't back off. She's like right there. Never take her cell phone. Don't even look. Don't look her direction without an answer. Bro. So yeah, that that was just about a few years ago. Are you gonna send good words about us? Absolutely. I love it. I'll, 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 I'll listen to this. Be in her good grace. Good job, Papa Cutney. Yeah, gotta, gotta get that one in there. Well, shit. Chris, thanks for thanks for joining no, us on the guys, podcast. Thank you so man. much. I appreciate, appreciate it. This is awesome. Thank yeah, you guys so really much fun. for having us. Of course, man. You guys, when you come to Vegas, because uh, if you're not going to go to Detroit, you got to come to Vegas. Go to the D downtown and get the Eli A. Ruth order. <laughs> six six Cody does. Get the euro. Get the euro with chili, and uh, and then take a picture and tag me in it. Yo, I hope my picture shows up on your guys' Instagram page one day, man. Did you tell make it. No, Dude, I'm gonna, that's I'm a, I'm big, that's it a big thing too in Detroit and Vegas. Like people want it, like they want to be on our wall, and we don't put anyone up on the wall. Like we just we're very picky on pictures on the wall and all this. Stuff. Oh, the celebrity one? No, no, I, I don't. Well, be on no, that just one. in I'm general, that one. people. I still get a lot of crap from a lot of people. Like, why am I not on the wall and all this <laughs> stuff? Why am I not this? You know, you know, I got radio personnel people saying like, my picture's not up. I'm like, so you know, it's like, <laughs> sorry, big boy. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin and Bean. And so we don't walk instantly into that wall of rejection. We're not going to ask to be on that wall. You never oh, yeah. know. Hold on. You never know, guys. Well, here's the thing. I just want to put it out there. I what, not vanity. Like, I don't want to be on the wall in the store. I understand that's saved for the real celebrities. When we do the cone eating competition here in Vegas, yeah. you guys are going to have to definitely be here. Okay. Hell yeah. All right. And we'll get you guys on the wall with Coney D and the whole shebang and all this and who we bring in for the competition. Okay. If I bring someone and they win. I get to be on the wall with the person who wins. Absolutely, it will be anyone. Why did you? Why did you? First of all, I was first of all thrown out to the group, but you just yeah. went selfish, yeah. dude. First oh, of you all, can be in it, but okay, bro, whatever. No, for, first, first of all, he already offered it up. <laughs> he literally said, "Just come," and you made it more difficult for us to get on the wall. <laughs> I just, Secondly, I just it was like a challenge. It now became you. It now became you and the eater. And okay, I'm sitting you, over here. You find an eater. I find an eater. We're, they're both our surrogates. Only Dude, one of us can be on this wall. I'm going to take a picture with Chris and become his best friend and get on that wall, all right? He's already offered it up. 
I don't. I don't need you foiling our plans. He might have an eater that's better than our eaters. Well, that's I don't what makes this so it. much fun and challenging okay, amongst okay, friends. Okay, so, so, I don't want to just dude, like the a, current Detroit, the current champion of Detroit, the model as we call him. He can crush it. Okay, you said he it was twenty two, something like I, that. Twenty two or twenty eight. I'm I'm off. I know I'm off, and I know this just happened a couple months ago, but. You know, having a kid. Got a lot going on. Oh, we'll yeah. find it. We definitely. So we have we have an eater named Molly. That she just came to our food festival and did a twenty pound ramen bowl in two minutes, and <laughs> she's done a hundred by hundred in and out burger in our office. So we've got we've got someone that can definitely contend. It's also one of the craziest things I've ever seen with my human eyes. Nice. So uh, yeah, let us know when that is because we'll be here. Yeah, this just Absolutely. sounds like a fun time. Oh, it's a good time. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> All right, well we'll see you guys well, next. Yeah, we'll see. Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks Chris, for listening. Thanks again. No, thank you guys. All right, <laughs> bye. bye. This episode of The Ketchup is brought to you by Dean's Dairy Dip, the number one French onion dip in America, and the classic, cool, and creamy sponsor of Food Beast Kitchen League's Dean's Dip Off. We're pitting innovative chefs against Dean's Real Dippers in head-to-head recipe battles where the Dean's Dip-Off lets you join the live audience in trying to sabotage the competition. Yep, you can sabotage our contestants live, and no matter what, Dean's deliciousness stays intact. Check out the Food Beast Twitch page for the live streams, recaps, and Dean's Dip recipe videos, and look for Dean's Dip in your supermarket dairy case, because Dean's is Real Dip for Real Dippers.